beautiful woman of God. Welcome to this week's episode of your Happy Ever After podcast. I am Deanna Murphy and I am the founder of Deanna Murphy International and the creator of the program for Happy Ever After. So last week I talked about the weapons of our warfare and if you haven't listened to it yet, I would highly encourage you to go listen to it. It's a powerful episode. It is something that all Christians need to know, especially Christian women as warrior princesses of God, as daughters of the King of Kings. And, you know, this episode, I'm going to be talking about interceding for our nation, America. Now, I know I have some listeners that do not live in America and I am so thankful and so blessed for all these other amazing Christian women that are listening to my podcast from other nations. So I would love it if you would stay on this podcast and listen to everything that I have to say and you know if you feel led to pray for our nation as well that would be amazing. So Um, You know, we're getting closer to Election Day, and our nation needs our prayers desperately. I try to stay away from the TV, the news, um, conversations about politics, and, you know, social media, because all of that negativity just drains me and sucks the life out of me and it's not good for my mental well-being so I've chosen not to participate in that stuff and you know some people would say that maybe I am avoiding things or sticking my head under a rock but I am choosing to focus on God and what God wants to do as opposed to focusing on all this political stuff Um, so, you know, before we get started, I want to have a few minutes of prayer, um, just to kind of, you know, just to cover this conversation in prayer and to make sure that God is speaking to me and through me, because I want to give you the message that he wants you to have. All right. So I would love it if you could join me and here I go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this amazing day. Thank you that you woke us up with breath in our lungs, Lord, and that we were given another day on this planet, Lord. Another day to make a difference in someone's life. Another day to love on people. Another day to be kind. Another day to shine your goodness and your radiance and your spirit to all we come in contact with, Lord. And I just pray right now, Lord, for this beautiful Christian woman, Lord, who is listening to my podcast, that you would just open up her spirit, open up her ears, open up her heart, open up her mind, open up her eyes to hear and see the message that you would want her to hear today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would use me. I pray, Lord, that you would flow through me. 
I pray, Lord, that I would only speak the words that you want her to hear. And I pray, Lord, that you would just cover this conversation with your protection. I pray, Lord, that no seed planted from this conversation will be stolen by the enemy. And I pray, Lord, that this conversation today will have a ripple effect. That women from other nations, Lord, that are listening to this podcast will feel the call to pray for their nation as well in this way, Lord. And that there will be a ripple effect around the world for your glory, for your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So let me ask you a question. Do you agree right now that this world is just straight up kooky dukes? Because I do. This is the craziest I have ever seen it. And I'm almost level 58. I will be level 58 in January. So yeah, I am feeling like this world, or this country especially, just is really, you know, out of control. And, you know, sometimes I think, what can I do about it? I feel like one person in a vast, against a vast army of, you know, all this stuff that is happening in the world and in our country. And I feel, you know, sometimes I feel uh, helpless. Like, I really don't know what to do. But the thing is, is that God does. And so, you know, I've really been trying to lean into him and really be spirit-led through this whole entire season. You know, starting, I actually started this, um, if you've heard my other podcasts, um, started back in October, praying and fasting throughout this year. And just really leaning in and really trying to hear more from God and hear his heart and be more spirit-led in what I'm doing. So if you don't know, I'm on an extended fast. Uh, It's a 90-day fast. It started on October 5th, and it's going to go to January 5th, which is the day before my birthday, where I will be level 58, and I will be celebrating, probably with a cupcake and champagne. But one of the main reasons that I'm fasting is to pray for our nation. And, you know, to also pray for my family and my friends. And another reason I'm fasting is because I want to be healthier and I want to lose some weight. So I started a Daniel fast, which is basically just like vegetables, fruits, nuts, whole grains, healthy oils and fats. And, you know, it's no processed foods, no sugar, no caffeine, no alcohol, no animal products whatsoever. So like you can't even eat like eggs, milk, butter, you know, those kinds of things. So, you know, it was going pretty good. I was feeling really, I mean, I was feeling kind of tired, um, but it was going pretty good up until about day 12. I don't know what day I'm on right now. I forgot to count it. I think I'm on like day maybe like day 17. Wait, I started on the 5th. What's today? The 18th. So day, I'm on day 13. Wow. Okay. I'm on day 13. So my job, my company, I work uh, full-time for a company. Um, we shut down 
for three weeks because of a systems failure. And then they discovered that we had been externally attacked. All our systems had been externally attacked. So I was off from work for three weeks with full pay and benefits, which is amazing. I praise God every day for that. When we were closed down for COVID, we were closed down for 83 days and I was paid my full benefit, my full pay and my full benefits, which is amazing. So, you know, we were closed for three weeks and I started this fast, not knowing when we were going to reopen. And I knew that when I started my job again, that it was going to be difficult for me to keep up with the Daniel fast because our business is out in the middle of nowhere and there's no place for us to eat. We have an internal employee cafeteria that they feed us for free. And, um, you know, we're not allowed because of COVID to bring in any outside food. So I knew it was going to be difficult for me to find things at work that were Daniel Fast approved. Now, I could eat a salad every day for 90 days. It doesn't sound very exciting. Um... But the other thing that I was worried about was I'm on my feet all day and sometimes I'm, I'm walking. I'm, I'm on my feet all night. I work from 4 p.m. to midnight. So I'm on my feet all night. Some, some days I'm walking. Some days I end up walking like nine miles in my eight hours, which is almost a half marathon. That's crazy. You know, when I used to train for marathons, it'd take me 13 weeks to train for a marathon. Yet here I'm doing almost a half marathon in one night with no training, right? I mean, granted, I'm not power walking and, you know, trying to get it done in, you know, I think my best time was three hours, 15 minutes, and this was a half marathon, three hours, 15 minutes, and like 15 seconds or something, I don't know. But um, I knew that it was gonna be difficult when I started back to work. So um, my fast started on October 5th, and then my business, re, the, my company reopened on um, October 12th. And then I went to back, back to work on October 13th. And so the 13th, like the 13th, 14th, 15th, I was really trying to follow the Daniel fast. So I was having salads. And then I had some like rice. But I was still feeling like I wasn't getting enough protein at work. And so I was feeling extremely tired. Plus, because we just reopened, we were super busy. I'm in the, and it's an entertainment business. Um, I was super busy. It was super packed. It was just crazy. Like, it's been crazy all week. So I decided, I prayed about it and asked God if I could add fish to uh, my diet. And he said it was okay. So I started eating, I ate one night, I ate fish. So I'm not doing it every day, but I ate one night, I ate fish. And so it's just getting harder and harder with just what I've got going on and trying to keep up with it. So I'm basically now have turned it into, you know, a vegan uh, fast, not necessarily a strict Daniel fast, but a vegan fast. So, you know, with Daniel uh, fast, you can't have any yeast. I'm still not eating any bread. But I was at the grocery store and I was trying to find some um, vegan cheese that I could put like on a vegan pizza. Like I had got a cauliflower crust and I was going to put some marinara sauce on it. I was going to put some artichokes on it. And then I wanted to put some melty mozzarella cheese on it. And 
So I was trying to look for a vegan cheese. So the vegan cheese has nutritional yeast in it. So I don't know if that's the same as the kind of yeast that you put in bread. But so I kind of fudged a little there. Um, and so that's where it started to get difficult. Um, so I changed it to a vegan fast. So I'm still doing no sugar, no junk food. Um, the only processed foods I'm doing are things that, um, for the most part, have Daniel approved product uh, ingredients in it. I don't want like any kind of preservatives or chemicals or anything in it. I'm trying to eat as clean as possible. Still only eating fish uh, as my protein source, you know, along with beans and stuff. Um, and then, um, you know, no alcohol, uh, none of that stuff. Still trying to eat clean. So I've just kind of relaxed it a little, not a whole bunch, but just a little, just to give myself a little bit more uh, leeway so that on those nights that I'm working really hard at work, I have the ability to eat something healthy and um, something that's going to sustain me for that eight hours when I have to walk nine miles at work around the building or whatever I'm doing, right? So, so that's going good, um, you know, and the thing is, is that right now I feel this indescribable peace. Like if I just sit here, like I just feel this incredible peace. And, you know, when I started this fast, I didn't know what was going to happen. I still don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I still, what, I'm like 13 days into it. I still have like 70 something days to go. So who knows what's going to happen? But right now I feel this indescribable peace. And in several of my fasts throughout this year, that's not, not the case. Like I haven't felt this peaceful in any of my fasts. Like it's hard to describe, but like I've had, um, issue, uh, issues in my heart, like deep in my heart bubble to the surface. And I've been having to deal with a lot of heart wounds that I still had and a, a still a bunch of ugly stuff in my heart, like critical thinking and judgments and all that kind of stuff. And that I didn't even know were there. So, you know, those fasts haven't been fun. But as I'm going through this fast and I'm I'm praying for the nation and I'm interceding for people, um, I'm just having this incredible peace. But the big aha, I think the big lesson that God has taught me this week or in these last 13 days that I think that has contributed to this incredible, overwhelming sense of peace that I have is that finally after 50 almost 58 years right I've given up control I have completely 100% given up control finally um, I come from a history of toxic relationships and I always felt the need to be in control to protect myself and even with my children they're adults I still feel the need to control so that they don't hurt themselves, so that they don't do stupid mistakes, right? So, you know, and they're adults. And, you know, and then I have, you know, other issues with other people in my family. So, you know, but also not wanting to lose or give up anything that is near and dear to my heart to pursue God or to answer his call. Like, when my kids were growing up, and, you know, people would always say, you know, what are you going to do if God calls you to India or something like that? And I'm like, I just bought this beautiful house. I don't want to lose my house. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to leave my children. I don't want to give up my children to my house. 
to go to India. Like, you know, I, I was always like really fearful that if I 100% laid down my life and asked God to, you know, do whatever he wants with me, to send me wherever he wants, you know, that I would have to lose all those things. I've gotten to the point now where I'm, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go and I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do. Because like I talked about before, wherever he's moving right now, I want to go with him. And if I have to leave my family for a certain amount of time, they'll survive. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to be in the know. I don't have to make sure that everything's going smoothly and that everyone's keeping their lives on track and that everything's going all, you know, hunky-dory. I have just finally given up (laughs) and given everything to God. And, you know, I'm going to trust that if he calls me to go somewhere or go do something that he's going to take care of them, right? Like he loves them more than I do. He's going to take care of them. So I think this is one of the main reasons I have this undescribable peace. And the thing that's really awesome about it is that with all this turmoil and all this chaos going on in the world, I have this peace. So I know it's completely from God and I thank him for it because I've never felt this peaceful in my life. I mean, I've had moments of it, but this has been a sustaining peace so far over this fast. So that's been amazing. And then, you know, I'm just you know, really trying to focus on God, you know, and I'm trusting that he's just going to continue to do this deep work in me. He, uh, you know, he is taking me from glory to glory to glory. I haven't gotten into this on this podcast yet, but, you know, he, you know, he told me years ago, he moved it from my head to my heart that I am a daughter of the King of Kings. And he has taken me through four stages of becoming. And I will be talking about that on this podcast later on. Probably, I don't know, maybe next month, maybe next year. I haven't decided yet. I'm just kind of being led um, every week as to what God wants to talk about um, to you guys. And I really feel like this today, you know, is an important one considering that the elections are coming up. But I will be talking about those four stages of becoming And, you know, I believe there's even more levels, more levels of becoming the daughter of the king. And, you know, he's not going to stop. He's going to take us from glory to glory. So that's pretty amazing. So, you know, I'm excited that he's doing this deep work in me. And this is why I love fasting so much. You know, I didn't really know I loved fasting so much until I started doing it Um, back in October. I've I've fasted over the years for numerous, um, you know, for different things. but I've never consistently made it part of my spiritual practice. And this year, even through everything that we've been going through, for me spiritually has been amazing. And so, you know, if you feel that you aren't as close to God as you want to be, or if you feel that you're far away from God, I would suggest that you do a fast. Even if you just do a one-day fast or a three-day fast and just really connect back with Him. Um, He's waiting. He is so waiting for you um, to connect back to him. All right. So as I mentioned before, um, I'm going through this 21-day fasting book. Um, It's a 21-day fasting and devotional book. It's called Pursuit by Dave Patterson. And it's my fifth time through this book, and it is so good is why I keep reading it. Don't worry. I'm reading my Bible, too. This This hasn't become my Bible. But there's a lot of stuff in there that has that has the biblical principles in there and scriptures in there and ties everything together. And it is so powerful. 
And so what I decided to do was with this 90-day fast, it's 21 chapters. I'm doing one chapter every four days. And so right now, I'm currently on chapter four, and it is called God is Looking. And it's all about interceding and standing in the gap. And in fact, Dave Patterson, who wrote the book, is my pastor, and he actually preached on this topic this morning. And so as I was praying about what I was going to do the podcast on this week, I really felt led to do it on this topic because it is so important, like I said, with the elections coming up. So I felt very strongly that this is a message for Christians um, that need to hear it, especially in America, but this can pertain to Christians in all nations, okay? And this can pertain to even certain situations in your family, which I'm going to talk about later. So this is this these biblical principles apply across the board. So first off, let's start off with what is intercession and standing in the gap. So intercession means to stand between or to go in behalf of. And the Greek word for intercession is pagha, I think, P-A-G-H-A, pagha. And it means to make a petition or conversation on behalf of another to go to God representing another on our behalf. And Hebrews 7.25 states that Jesus is always interceding to the Father on our behalf. So this is a biblical principle of God's, of interceding. You know, not only is Jesus interceding for us, but we can intercede for others. And in Ezekiel 22.30, it says that this is called standing in the gap. And, you know, when we stand in the gap or intercede for someone, usually it's for someone who cannot or will not pray for themselves. And this is a really powerful way to pray because we can release God's power over these people's lives, you know, when they don't even have the ability or the desire to pray for themselves. And that's pretty amazing. So my fat, sorry. Oh my God. Let me take a drink. I have great sparkling water. Yummy. My pastor defines uh, standing in the gap like this in the book. The gap is a place between the mess of humanity and the much needed grace and intervention of God. Oh my gosh, our nation is such a mess of humanity right now. And God is looking for bold Christians who are going to come to him boldly and make petitions on behalf of other people. And so this is where we can step in, right, during this time. So today my pastor talked about a very interesting fact. And I haven't gone back to verify it, but I trust my pastor implicitly. Um, He's an amazing man of God. So I trust that he's done the research on this. Um, But if you look back throughout the Old Testament, you're going to see that God's judgment came down on the people groups, on the different people groups, about every 200 to 250 years. Like he would let them do their thing, right? And they're sent and then they're doing all this stuff. And then 
somewhere between 200 and 250 years, the appropriate time comes for God to cast judgment and that the people have to face the consequences of their actions, right? And this is about where America falls in this timeline from the time that we became a nation. It's between 200 and 250 years, I believe. We're right around that timeline. So I thought that was very... And, you know, we've all heard of the biblical law of sowing and reaping. And, you know, that law is whatever you sow, you will reap a harvest of. So if you lie, if you cheat, if you steal, if you, you know, do all these simple things, that's what you're going to reap a harvest of. If you're negative, you know, you're going to reap a harvest of that. All that stuff will come back to you. The world calls it karma. God calls it sowing and reaping, and it's a biblical principle. But we can also sow good things and reap a harvest of good things. We can sow love. We can sow kindness. We can sow mercy. We can sow grace. You know, we can sow all kinds of good things and reap a harvest of good things. When we tithe, when we sow financially into good soil, into other ministries, you know, God pours financial abundance back into us. So, you know, all our actions have consequences, good and bad. And the thing is, is that God operates in perfect justice and all consequences happen in his perfect justice and timing and when he feels that it is time for the harvest to be reaped. And so in Ezekiel 22, God's listing all the things that the people had done wrong. And it became time for him to, um, what do you say? It was time for his perfect justice and it was time for them to reap the harvest of their sinful actions. And we rarely see in scripture where God overrides a person's free will or he overturns the law of reaping the harvest. And, you know, the harvest is always a result of the seeds that is it sown or sowed? Sown. I don't know. But it's always a result of that. And someone posted in a prophetic group that I'm in the other day that she had a vision and there was this huge angel. I mean, huge. Like, it was bigger than America, this angel. It was huge. And it was standing over America and it was holding a sword up and it was ready to strike. So, you know, our country has sown many seeds of destruction and hatred throughout its history. And the time of God's perfect justice and the time to reap the harvest of those seeds of destruction and hatred and all those things are coming. And if you look at this timeline of this 200 and 250 years, the time is just about right for this to happen. Now, I don't know what's gonna happen after these elections. You know, I feel like no matter who wins, there's gonna be huge turmoil in this country. And, you know, I only God knows what's going to happen. But if the time is coming for God to 
pass judgment on this nation for all of its sins and all the bad things that we've done, then we, 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 we need to seriously step in and stand in the gap to pray for our nation, to pray that God will turn his heart away from what his plan is, right? So I'm going to try and the way my pastor tells it is so amazing, but I'm going to try and see if I can describe this principle to you because it is so important and it not will only help our nation, but it will also help, you know, your personal family and friends. This is something that we can use every day in every situation across the board. So I talked about the law of sowing and reaping and that God doesn't override our free will. So if we sow something, you know, the harvest, the reaping is a natural consequence of what's going to happen. And he's not going to override our free will so that it doesn't happen, right? But here is where God's loving kindness comes in. So, oh, so sorry, I got to back up. So... In Ezekiel 22, you know, I'm ta- I told you he's listing all the bad things that the people had done, right? And he was ready to pass judgment on them. And he wanted to destroy them. And he said he was looking for someone to stand in the gap. But he found no one, not one, not even Ezekiel. He was talking to Ezekiel. And Ezekiel, you know, is telling this. And he's saying... God is looking for someone to stand in the gap and he found no one not one I don't know why Ezekiel didn't stand in the gap we'll never know why Ezekiel didn't stand in the gap but God is looking for us to stand in the gap he's calling us to stand in the gap is he going to find us and say yes Lord I will stand in the gap or is he going to find no one So here's where God's love, mercy, and kindness comes in because, you know, and this is where it shines because he doesn't want to pass judgment on his people. He doesn't want to destroy our nation. He doesn't want us to reap the harvest of the seeds we as a nation have sown. He wants the best for us. He wants a path to rescue us and redeem our nation. But he has this principle of sowing and reaping. But guess what? He created a biblical law higher than the sowing and the reaping law. And that is the biblical law of intercession. And in 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know, you may know this verse by heart. You may have never heard it before. But he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Now, this is the part where you want to lean in. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to every prayer in this place. God is the only person who can fix our problems in America. No political party can do it. No people group can do it. No race can do it. No one can do it. Only God can fix our problems. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his blood spilt for our sins and his never-ending love and kindness is the on- are the only things that will turn people's lives around. 
This country needs a great awakening and a huge revival, and I believe it's coming. And God is calling us to stand in the gap and pray for our nation. Now, he's not calling us to pray that our candidate of choice is going to win. He's not calling us to pray that um, our political party is going to triumph and we're going to get the majority. Um, He is calling us to intercede at a higher level because his ways are higher. He wants us to pray for their hearts to be turned towards him. He wants, like, I've been praying, like, all government officials, all city officials, like, at every level, every level, right, of leadership. He's calling for godly leadership that um, government officials, city officials, business leaders, um, government officials. Did I already say that? Like three times, sorry. And, um, you know, all that, that all those leaders would turn their hearts towards him. Could you imagine what kind of a country we would have if we had godly leaders? Godly leaders. And, you know, he's looking to and fro across the earth to see who he can count on. Is he going to count on you? He's going to count on me because I'm taking a stand. I'm saying, yes, Lord, I am going to stand in the gap. I am going to stand in the gap and I am going to intercede for America. I am going to intercede that people will turn their hearts towards you, Lord. I am going to intercede that people will turn from their wicked ways. I'm going to intercede that the light will shine brighter than the darkness. I'm going to intercede that the light will bring truth out that everything that is against God in this nation will be pulled down. We're starting to see it, that everything in this nation that is against God will be pulled down and it will brought under the authority of Christ and that nothing evil could prevail. Nothing evil could prevail and that the hearts will be turned towards you, Lord. Hearts of fathers that can be godly leaders and families will be turned towards you. Hearts of business owners and CEOs and managers and people leaders will be turned towards you, Lord. You know, city officials' hearts will be turned towards you. Government leaders, state leaders will be, hearts will be turned towards you. Like I'm just praying this across our nation. You know, I'm praying for, you know, drug rings to be brought down. I'm praying for sex trafficking rings to be brought down. I'm praying for God to shine his light on every single corner of this nation and everything that is dark and everything that is evil will be brought to light and it will be dealt with. It'll be dealt with. But we can pray for mercy and grace and kindness. It can be dealt with mercy, grace, and kindness. You know, only God's love can penetrate those people's hearts and only God's love and kindness can cause them to repent and to turn their hearts towards him. So this is what we're praying for, that God would fall on the people, that his loving mercy and kindness will fall on the people so that their hearts will turn towards him. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. You know, I, you know, I'm making a bold decision to pray for this nation. And, you know, maybe you're going to make that decision too. I hope you are. And maybe you'll want to intercede before, you know, up until the elections. Maybe you'll want to intercede for our nation up till the end of the year. But just pray and see where the Spirit's leading you. 
and I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this nation. You know, the only person, <laughs> I love this, the only person that can make America great again is God. God is the only person that can make America great again. And I'm sorry, I jacked someone's slogan for that, but it's true. And, you know, he has a plan and a purpose for our nation, and it's for good. And if we stand in the gap and we intercede for our nation, he's going to turn his judgment away, and he's going to have mercy and grace, and we won't have to face the consequences of our sins. And, you know, this is a heavy topic today, but it's very important. It's a very important spiritual lesson for all Christians to know. Because, like I said, we can use the law of intercession every day in our life and pray for those around us. You know, those who have made horrible decisions in their life and are reaping the consequences. You know, maybe um, a son or a daughter who's doing drugs or, you know, a brother or sister that's an alcoholic, or, you know, there's all kinds of things that people could be involved in, you know, that they could be facing horrible consequences for. And, you know, we can intercede and ask for God's mercy, grace, and kindness. And because in the end, that's what we all want extended to us, right? Like, I try to think about, like, if I was in their situation, would I want to face the consequences of what's coming for the, you know, what the actions of my, my sin? No, I wouldn't. I would want to have mercy and grace, you know. So, you know, we can pray for other family members, you know. Maybe, you know, someone in your family is a drug addict and you're just tired of dealing with it. Or they're an alcoholic and you're just tired of dealing with it. And you just don't even want to deal with them anymore, right? You just like want to wash your hands of it and not deal with it. But here's the thing. If you put yourself in their position and think about all the things that they're growing, going through, and yeah, they may be arrogant and they may be really negative and they may be really rude and they may be really angry or abusive, right? Maybe they've stolen from you, like all these things. But ask God for, for you to see them with his heart, with his eyes. And, you know, really wait on the Lord and wait until you feel that burden of compassion for them. And then pray for God's mercy and grace on them. Because if you were in that same position, you would not want to feel the, feel the, uh, have to face those consequences that they're probably going to be facing, right? And so, you know, this is just a beautiful way that we can pray for those in our family that maybe completely turned off to anything that has to do with God or Jesus and you know they're just not open they're not willing to pray for themselves or they're unable to pray for themselves and this is just a beautiful way that we can pray without we can still love them but we can love them from afar right like we don't have to be involved in their life but we can love them from afar and this is the best way that we can love them from afar and that is to intercede from them for them to intercede that god will move on their behalf that god will bring them out um my pastor told a story where um some friends of his um so my pastor comes from a history of drug addiction and alcoholism and his his father was a pastor and he had uh, rededicated he had come clean he had rededicated his life to God but he was still living in a living situation with some roommates that were still doing drugs 
And so a friend of his, one of his roommates, I guess, um, I don't know if he became a Christian or rededicated his life to God, but they had been at church. They had been at church all night. And they came home, and two the other two roommate, roommates were doing drugs and stuff. So they turned around and they said, we're going back to the church. So they went back to the church to pray. And so he was praying for these two friends of his uh, that his were his roommates that were doing drugs. And he said all of a sudden the heaviness and the burden, you know, came upon him and he felt like super heavy and he was trying to hold himself up it was a presbyterian church uh, that his father was a pastor of and he was trying to hold himself up between the two wooden pews but the burden and you know uh, uh, that god was putting on him for these two uh, guys was just so heavy and it just kept like pushing him further and further down to the ground and then he had this vision and he had this vision of this pit and it was kind of like swirling around like a whirlpool and um, one of the guys was in the whirlpool and he saw this hand come down and it had a scar on it so he knew it was Jesus this hand came down and it was coming closer and closer to the guy and he said you know the more he prayed the closer the hand got but when he let up on his prayers when he got tired when he let up on his prayers the hand retracted but then as he started, okay, he's going to pray again. He's going to go in and pray, 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 pray. The hand goes out. The hand's going down further towards the guy. And then he'd get tired and he'd kind of stop and he'd rest a little bit. And the hand would go back up, right? Like God, he said he was in this vision or this whatever this was with God for like a half an hour of him praying and this hand going up and down and him praying fervently and him getting tired and kind of, you know, taking a minute to rest or whatever. And he'd see the hand go back up. And God taught him a really important principle that night and taught me a really important principle this afternoon or this morning and that was that we cannot stop praying I mean yeah I mean we've got to go to work and we've got to take care of babies and you know all these different things but you get the principle like we have to pray until we have to pray until we can't give up because that hand is coming down into that deep dark murky pit to save them and we don't want to stop we don't want to stop short of them being saved so after about a half an hour, 45 minutes or so that they were praying, they hear this bang, 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 bang on the door, right, of the church door. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the church was closed. He had the key. The pastor, or my pastor had the key because his dad was the pastor, right? So there's no one in there. It's just him and his friend. So they're knocking on the door because it's locked. These two guys come in, and it's his two roommates, and something happened to the house. I don't know what. He said he didn't want to get into it, so he didn't tell us. Could have been demonic. I don't know. But... These guys came running in the church and they were like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to get right with God? So that kind of gave me a hint that maybe they were uh, Christians as well. And, you know, they just walked away from the Lord, started doing drugs. But they were like, what do we need to do to get right with God? And that was amazing. I mean, how amazing is that? That's like just an immediate, um, I would say an immediate harvest of his intercessory prayer like that was just like an immediate answer right like how often does that happen but you know God is so loving and kind he wants to do good for us he wants the best for us he doesn't want all this other stuff right so I don't know I just this has just been such this time that I'm going through this book is so amazing like I've gone through it four times and, you know, each time I go through it, I, you know, pick up on different things that I didn't notice before. But this time has been powerful. Like I said, I'm only on the fourth chapter, but it's been really powerful this time. And 
you know, I don't know. I think it's amazing. So I hope that you will take up this call to pray for America, pray for our nation. Like I said, if you do not live in America, it would be awesome if you could, um, you know, pray for us and intercede for us. And, you know, I just want to thank you for listening today. Um, I hope all this made sense to you. Um, If you'd love to support this podcast to keep it going, you can click on the support button. If you'd like to leave me a voice message to ask me any questions or leave a comment or a testimony, or, you know, if you're from another nation and you're going to make the commitment to pray for America, I would love to hear from you if you could leave me a voice message. So on the page of my podcast, um, with the podcast page where it lists all the podcasts. Um, there's a button called the, um, I think it's a voice message or message or something like that. Click on that and you can leave me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. So as always, I pray that you have a blessed and amazing week and stay tuned for next Sunday for another episode of your happy ever after love and shine. Bye.